You are listening to content from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. For more information, you can find us on the web at ChristOurHopeAnglican.org. And now, here's today's message. So we are in the fourth Sunday of Epiphany. Epiphany, a season where our Lord Jesus Christ is revealing us, himself, his word, his presence. Now, this scene that we have today in the gospel is quite a scene. It, I was trying to think of a way that we, it might sort of shock us. Um, imagine that Christ, the second coming, is, is happening. Could you imagine what that might be like? I mean, what, how would we receive this news, right? Or what would you do? If all of a sudden there's a rumor going around that Christ has returned, what, how, would we, how would we react to that, right? You would, call, would you call your friends and say, have you heard the news, right? Some of us would, would have a deeply profound reaction and maybe perhaps pray and fall on, on our knees. Others would have another sort of profound reaction, which kind of goes into uh, an, English, uh, an English expression that we hear often. It goes something like this. Wait, what? <laughs> right? I think it's spelled W-U-D, right? Wood? Wait, wood? I, don't, I hear that a lot. I have teenagers in the house. So, yes, it would be incredible news. It would be shocking. Now, can you imagine, you know, some of us might turn on the television and turn on the news channel and check, you know, you turn to your favorite uh, television station, and can you imagine the announcer? You know, the announcer saying, um, yes, we have an announcement to make. Uh, perhaps this person isn't even a Christian. He said, well, uh, we're going to go, oh, we're going to go live. We're going to go live. George is live over here with, um, it turns out that uh, Christ, the Son of God, has returned. And who do we know? Who do, we, do we know anyone that can help us with this news? What, what is that old famous preacher called? Uh, Billy Graham? Oh, that's Billy from, oh, he's from the last century. Okay, no, uh, who else do we know? What do we do with this news? How do, this is such huge news, right? That's big. It is huge. This kind of earth-shattering announcement is what our Jewish friends in the synagogue in our Lucan passage today are dealing with. Because Jesus has made this announcement. The Messiah, the Savior, is here. Now, he's done this in the previous passage uh, that uh, was our, Luke, our Lucan passage for last week. And Jesus had made this incredible announcement. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now, when God anoints someone in the time of Israel, that person was to be king. Kings were anointed by God. This is earth-shattering news. All of Israel has been waiting for this for centuries. The coming of the Messiah, the restoration of the kingdom of Israel. He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And then he says these incredible words. All eyes were on him. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is it for Israel. This is the moment that they have been waiting for, that the prophets have been spoken of. He quotes Isaiah, anointed by God, kingship language. Israel's long-awaited king is here. It's happening. Wow, this is huge. So, now, listen to the reaction. So that's, that's setting the stage for our passage today from the gospel. Now, the reaction is varied, right? So Jesus begins speaking of being a prophet, right? And the first words here, and he began to say to them today, this scripture has been filled in your hearing, and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And here comes the first wait word moment, right? They're like, I can't believe this is happening. Is, is this really him? And here it comes. Wait, what? Is this not Joseph's son? Who, who is this speaking, right? They're beginning to struggle with it. Jesus picks up on this and he says, it's prophetic. It's a prophetic message. A prophet is not welcome in their hometown. Now, a prophet is to foretell what God is about to do. God tells the prophet what God is sharing. The prophet repeats it perfectly to the people. Jesus, by his own words later on in the gospel, says, I can only do what I see the Father doing. It is a perfect statement for a prophet, besides king, besides savior. A prophet foretells what God is about to do. A prophet calls his people to repentance. Turn, turn away, and turn towards God again. Let me remind you who you are. Come back, you Israelite. So Jesus is enforcing this role of prophet. Besides the messianic reality that the king has arrived. So that's our first bookend. He's announced that this is it. The time has come. The king has arrived. The second bookend to our scripture today is Jesus healing a person beset by a demon in the synagogue. Now, this is a profound second bookend because the, this is showing us what the way of this king is going to be. Jesus is here to defeat evil in our hearts. He has an authority. He speaks with authority. People marvel at him. And that authority especially extends to pushing back Satan, to stand against evil. Now, this, then, is a foreshadowing of how the Lord is going to establish his kingship. It is through the cross, through the cross of Jesus Christ. He has authority over evil, and a foreshadowing of this cross and resurrection is, is taking place in this other bookend. The person is restored out of exile, is saved, is cleansed by Jesus, restored to righteousness, and he is in the temple. He is restored into community. Many of Jesus' healings, often in our individualistic society, we kind of skip over that. But when Jesus heals the leper, the leper does what? He gets to go home. 
He is restored into community. Yes, it's important to be healed, but we are restored in that healing into community. We're brought out of exile. So that is the other bookend that in which our Jewish friends are trying to receive this earth-shattering news. Now, the way Jesus deals with evil is profoundly different from us. We hear it on the news every day when someone does something terrible or a terrible event happens, right? All we can do as human beings, in order to remove that evil from society or from the community, we end up having to remove the person, right? But not so with Jesus. Jesus looks at the person, remembers that they were created in the image of God, strips evil off that person, binds Satan up, and restores that person, dusts him off and sends him on his way back to their community, restores them to community. That is the difference. That is the power. So that is the gospel message, always and everywhere. When we turned away from, from God, we became subject to evil and death. God, in his great mercy, sent his only son, our Lord Jesus Christ, for our salvation into the world. And he does so by restoring us back into community. So that's the stage. The king has arrived, and the king is here to heal and bind Satan. This is the way of the king. Now, our Jewish friends are very much hoping that the restoration of Israel would mean that this language of set me to proclaim liberty to the captives would very much mean that Israel's enemies would be thrown out, right? But the enemy, of course, it's Satan himself that's being set aside by Jesus Christ. Jesus begins to speak of Elijah begins to speak of how Elijah bypassed the people of Israel, not to bypass Israel, but that the scope of this kingdom is the world. It is much greater. It is to include the Gentiles. And this is shocking. This is shocking news. That those people, they, them, how could... No, wait a moment. They're not, they're not us. They, they can be part of this. And Jesus is saying... It's for everyone. The scope of this now is the world. Yes, it is the fulfillment of what Israel is to do in this world, but not only Israel, but all of us. All of us. Extended to the world, brought into the community of believers, the church. That causes some to react very negatively and Jesus is brought to the edge of the village. And they're about to throw him up off a cliff. Now, in our society today, we may focus on saying, okay, that's, that's a great injustice. The Messiah, the Savior, the King of the world. But the Jewish world, taking someone to the edge of the village means taking them out of community, taking them outside. You couldn't survive on your own. This is where the lost sheep is. This is where the lepers are. This is exile. So again, our Luke and passage here reminds us that this is about community, that Christ intends 
to bestow on us a grace through a community, his body, the body of Christ as a witness, prophetic witness to the world. So everyone is to be welcome. This is the fulfillment of Israel. But now Israel, as the example of God, is now expanded, expanded to us as the example of God. What does it look like to follow Christ together? What does it look like that by God's authority we are brought out of exile and brought into his fold, into believership of him, saved by him, and, and in our individualistic society, we often skip over this, he, by his authority, binds us into his body. We become part of the body of Christ, which is now the vehicle through which the kingdom is shown to the world. Friends, the grace that God bestowed on the prophets, he now bestows on the church, us. The grace that God bestowed on the prophets, he now bestows on his church, his body, the bride of Christ, you and I, right here in this church, in this area. So how might we respond to this today, to this great news? Well, some of us may just, as visitors, perhaps there are visitors here today or visitors watching us today, and they're wondering, could this include me as well? Could these be my people? Might I be brought into my Savior's arms? and learn to walk it out that way with this group of people right here? There may be those who say, this is too good to be true. Too good to be true. I need someone to show me. I need someone to encourage me, to show me what that looks like. We might be so overwhelmed with gratitude that we break out into spontaneous worship. This is what happened in our, uh, the church in Corinth. Uh, someone spirit, testified with God's spirit that this is such great news. The Savior is here, and he brings me out of exile into this community, into the fold. And they break out into spontaneous worship. Uh, there's mention of speaking in tongues as a means of doing that. But even here, Paul reminds us, yes, worship God, but let's do this for the edification of the body. The focus is on the community. That is to be the vehicle that Christ has chosen, his body, his church, to bring the good news into the world. And we are to walk this out together to edify one another. The grace God bestowed on his prophets, he now has bestowed on the church. I hope you can receive that. I pray that you can receive that. Christ holding together his body, the church, the community, you and I. Christ our hope right here in Fort Collins, Colorado. And our small church plan, 
up in Evergreen, which is right now just meeting in our home. A small beginning. But this is God's work. This is what he does. So we, by his authority, are going to try this, and we're going to do this together, aren't we? It is his authority that holds the church together. It is by him. Now, there may be some of us even that feel they are in exile right here in the United States, right? There may be some who read the Bible and say, well, brother, I'm kind of hanging out in Isaiah, not really in the New Testament, because things aren't going so well for me here. This is exactly whom we are here for, right? This movement of coming out of exile, saved by Jesus, called out of something and called into community. So Christ calling of us, he calls us out of our trouble, saves us, and then calls us into community. Let us just take one more pass through the word of God. This, our, old, our old friend Jeremiah, and I invite you to listen to these words as if he's speaking to the church today. The calling of a prophet has now become the calling of the church. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. That's Jeremiah 1, starting in verse 5. Now listen to the reaction. Lord God, behold, I do not, do not know how to speak. Or I am too young, I'm only a youth, or we're a young church. We don't know what to do. And hear the Lord say, church, it is by my authority that I am sending you. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Church, I have put my words in your mouth. We have a service of word and table. See, I have set you this day over nations and kingdoms. It is us, the church, that is to speak into the world by the words of Jesus Christ on how to do life together, to follow Jesus. The kingdom is not a political kingdom. The kingdom is one of love, loving God, loving self well, and loving our neighbors. That is the way of the kingdom, and it is empowered by his authority. Church, you are, as my body, are forgiven, brought out of exile, restored, and resurrected. You are to be my witness. The grace that the Lord bestowed on his prophets, he has now bestowed on the church. Right here in Christ Our Hope in Fort Collins, Colorado. Amen. This sermon is an audio ministry from Christ Our Hope Anglican Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you are in the area and would like to learn more about how you can worship with us in person or online, please visit us on the web at www.christourhopeanglican.org.